Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Did you bring your sword with you this morning? The sword of the Spirit? Amen. All right. I um, was in a conversation with uh, Gary, Pastor Ellis from Chicago. Phenomenal conversation. And uh, him and his lovely wife, Dawn, was in Yuma. Well, Pastor Dan was with us this last week. And a great report, PK and his lovely wife, Claudette, had a, had a tremendous time. Some real good things said there. And looking forward to even more what the Lord's doing in our midst. There's a lot going on. If you were to get in the spirit and see what's all going on in the spirit, it's amazing. It's awesome. So I encourage you to be a part of that with us. And uh, notice I said with us. Talking about Jesus and us, huh? We uh, had a study on Wednesday, and I got into some things. I'm going to go back into that a little bit here today. But if you've got uh, your Bibles, let's turn to Colossians, the third chapter. We'll go back over those things that uh, we talked on Wednesday. I think they were very, very good. Maybe take it farther from there. There's some great thoughts involved in what we're going to say here today. I'll go ahead and put it out there right now. I asked everyone a question on Wednesday. It was worded very distinctly. We said we're going to give you a chance to uh, talk and communicate. And you'll see why I asked it this way after I read some scriptures here. We're going to read in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about the differences of administrations and diversities of operations. And we read from Isaiah 55. For the Lord said, uh, my word that goes forth out of my mouth will accomplish, it'll prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. Some real good things. But I asked, what has the word and the spirit accomplished with you? And I'll say it this way. We talked about in a time period there, but your whole life, how's that? Your whole life. What has the word and the spirit accomplished with you? Now, I'm going to go ahead and do it a little different than I did on Wednesday and point out the word that is very, very significant here, and it's the word with. Listen for the word with, because it's not about me. And honestly, it's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the Savior of the world, the revelation of Jesus Christ and his gospel, which is given to us. We work with him. Now, we recently asked you a question, and I'll go over that again. I got two questions for you, I guess, this morning. And that was, how many have felt like that they were working for me as the pastor of this church? If you look at the bulletins Carrie put on there, there's a message from the pastor, which is me, and it says, and from my staff. So there's been a thought in the past that we're working for you, but today... For all of us, because many of you have already had this corrected, you're not working for me. You're working with me. You're working with me. I'm working with Jesus. This is his church. I feel exceptionally honored and privileged to be the overseer or put in as the pastor of this church in Visaya, California. You have no idea how thankful I am. But saying that, you're working with me not for me. We're working with Jesus, not for Jesus. You're going to say, well, that's a little harsh there. 
Jesus said it himself. He does that which he both, John testified that he would do that which he both seen and heard of his father. So Jesus is working with his father. John 17, he prayed that we would be one as he is one with his father. So we're all working with another, joined together in unity. How does that sound? Pretty plainly put, isn't it? Colossians, the third chapter. Let's read four verses right here. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I'm going to read this again in a minute, but I want to point something out to you. The first time I really preached this, with all my heart, I was in Boise, Idaho, at Pastor Dave Lowry's church with him and Connie Lowry. And there's a man in the church there named John Skibout. And the Lord specifically put it in my heart to share this with him and the very thought of uh, Christ right there in verse 4, when Christ, which is our life. And the Lord was helping him to see, I'm your life. Make me your life. Christ is our life. Our life is hid, notice the word, with him. Huh? And I know it meant so much to me, knowing God sent that to Mr. Skibout, and I believed it was a very pivotal point in a, a great, change in his walk with God to, to receive and hear that word from God. I hope so. I hope he remembers it every single day of his life. I know when he listens to this recording, he's going to remember it, isn't he? <clears throat> Let's go back over this again, and I'll point it out to you. If ye then be risen, what does it say? With Christ. See the with? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. I mean, this is so rich, this chapter. He's telling you, if your life's hid with Christ, seek those things above. I mean, you could just preach up a storm on these whole four verses here. I'd say for months, Merle, honestly. I want to point out something about this church in Coloss. I refer to this church at Coloss as a, as a power church, as a, a, a powerful church. Go back and read. There's only four chapters. I just did it this morning. And this church, Paul tells him, you're bringing forth fruit. And something that really stood out to me, which until I read it, and I've read it many times, but until it really stood out to me, I never thought was possible. He told them they were going to be unblameable. Daryl, he said, unreprovable. Think about that. You ever think you'd get to a place where you are unreprovable? I always thought that only could be Jesus himself. He's talking to this Power church right here. He told him, you've brought forth fruit. He said, Walker, that you're dead and your life is hid with Christ. Some amazing things right here. Verse 2, set your affection on things above, <clears throat> not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid, Carrie, say it, with Christ in God. See how we're all in this together? We're in it to win it, aren't we? 
Verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Julie, it's with. We are with him. We are working with him. Go with me to Romans 8. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture to you folks here for a minute. And we'll get into good things. Romans 8 and verse 16. Let's start there. The Spirit, this is Paul writing the church in Rome. It's another awesome church that he established. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Really emphasizing that here today, huh? So his spirit is with our spirit. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Isn't that amazing? You remember when Jesus washed the feet of the apostles as they were disciples? What did he say to them? I'm doing this for an example. Huh? I'm doing this for an example. Isn't it enough? That the disciple is as, or he said, equal with your master? He's humbling himself. Huh? And saying, it's enough that we're equal. In other words, you don't have to be greater. And this is one of those times where the apostle Peter told him no. Peter liked to tell the Lord a no a lot, didn't he? No, Lord, you're not washing my feet. Do you remember the vision he had? Is it Acts 10? Where there was a sheet knit at the four corners let down from heaven and he says rise peter kill and eat no <laughs> he said not so lord three times not so lord nothing unclean or common's ever come into my mouth i'm looking at the law right here i'm not hearing and perceiving the grace that you're bringing me and you're walking in right now no he said so when he told him I'm, i gotta wash your feet no <laughs> you ever told the lord no i preached that up one time real good not because I did it, but the, the Lord's word. <laughs> we, we, how's that? I didn't, I didn't do anything. We did. You know, how many of you have known Rick Rush as long as I have? Carrie said a long time. I don't know as long as you have. When Christy and I moved to Chicago over, we come back when Madison was uh, six months old. How old is Madison right now? Let's say it this way, 20 years ago. We moved there, stayed there three and a half years, come back to pastor here. One of the very first people I met there was Rick Rush and his wife, lovely wife, Ann Rush. First Christmas we were there, they had us over their home, took us in just like a, a son would, you know. And uh, sons and daughters treated us so good. But do you know the whole time I've ever listened to Rick preach, teach, and do those things, I've never heard him say one time, my teachings. These are my teachings. This is my word. Have you? If you have, you've heard something I haven't. He always knew, and still does, it's with Christ. We are doing this together. And if you notice over the years, maybe this will help you remember, anytime, and I'm not going to break my arm, pat myself on the back here, but anytime I talk about what we do here in California, or even like a, a message that was a recording that was preached a month a year i always say we said we preached 
We taught life. It's his glory. I'm going to read a, a, a scripture here in a little bit that tells us we will appear with him in glory. And man, that word glory and the thought, Lamont, of, of the glory of God and being a partaker of that is so strong in my heart right now. We're going to get into the glory of God. Because what you want to do is perceive where God's glory is and be in that glory. Don't go another place. Don't change God's glory. Romans 8, they did that, didn't they? Didn't they talk about that? They changed the glory of God into an image made like unto man. Is it Romans 8, Tim? Romans. No, it's a book of Romans. You can look it up for me, Tim. It's not 8. You'll find it for me. It's the first chapter. First chapter of the book of Romans. But the glory, when you think about Israel being led in the wilderness by, the, by a pillar of fire by night and an angel in a cloud by the day, they were following the glory of the Lord. The Lord said, listen to the voice of the angel. My word is in him. Be obedient. Do what he says. So when the cloud moved, when the fire moved, when the angel moved and spoke the word of God, Israel stayed right in the glory of God. When the high priest went into the tabernacle, into the holiest of holies, the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God would come down and rest on that place. And guess what's happened? This is why you want to be in the glory of God and stay with God's glory. Robin, God would talk to that man. Just him. He came in, sanctified, washed, everything the Lord told him to do. He went into that place, and not without blood, and incense. But man, at that time, that glory would come down, a cloud, and rest upon him, and he would present the sins of the people to the Lord. The Lord would forgive him for his sins and the sins of the people, and then he would direct him, Carrie, and he would instruct him and give him the word for all of Israel. They did this once a year. You want to be in the glory of God? I promise you want to be in the glory of God. There are times when we, without discernment, try to change God's glory or make something else more glorious and we get out of that and God's faithful and just to bring us back. See, no man can take God's glory, but he'll share it with you. Did you know that? You can't take it. You can't take it to where you want it to be. Man, if you'll get in it, God will talk to you. He'll instruct you. He'll share that glory with you, Julie. But this is the place where we read. Let me think where it's at where we will appear with him in this glory. Tim, was that Romans 1 for that? I thought so. Thank you. Let's go back here. The Spirit itself, this is Romans 8 and 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer, again, with him, that we may be also glorified together. So when we're talking about working with Christ, we're talking about joint heirs. Isn't that awesome? Being joined to him. When Paul speaks to the church in uh, Philippi, I believe it's the uh, second chapter, the fifth verse, he said, let this mind 
be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, let the mind of Christ be in you. That being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. How can a man be equal with God? How can you be equal with a man that's so spiritual like Rick Rush? Or your pastor? You say it's really simple. God does it. huh? Didn't God make his son Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God? but took on the form of a servant and humbled himself even unto the death of the cross. God does this thing. That's what we have to perceive. You're not doing it. You're not usurping authority. You're not taking advantage of God. God's given it to you, if you will. He wants to work with us. And ultimately, is it for us? Or is it for his glory and we get to partake of all of it? Isn't that awesome? We're talking about unity here. We're talking about uh, oneness of God being joined together and that's what god is doing you know it's funny when i say it with with the women when i say with the women we had an awesome uh, meeting in in donnelly idaho for our pastor's conference our elders conference recently and god did a great thing when i say this i'm gonna say it a couple different ways with the elder's wife joining them to us in oneness with our ministry with our ministry but it's not just for those seven women. They say, I know I'm, it's for all the women in the church. But do you realize, let's take it to a really spiritual place, okay? When God created man, did he create him in his image after his likeness? Male and female? So, spiritually speaking, even as Jesus taught about the resurrection, he taught about the angels, he said they're neither male nor female. You ever thought about an angel? Is an angel a male or a female? Or is there both? As an angel, is there both an aspect of male and female? You know, there was a movement going on for a while where they wanted to take gender out of the Bible. That's a mistake. That's a huge mistake. God has it there for a distinct purpose. You do realize when God's talking about the female aspect of his creation and his, his um, son, Adam, and Eve, it divides and shows you, Robin, you're going to love this one. That woman is wisdom and understanding. She's charity, which is the greatest love there is. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Boy, is there a huge role for the woman in God and in spirituality? 100%. 100%. Does the wife submit herself? To her own husband as unto the Lord? Absolutely. But don't leave out the instruction of the man. What does he do? He loves his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. This is a, this is a beautiful story. It's a love story. And I didn't plan on talking about all that today, but it's still really good. Let me get back to where I was. Go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 12 if you would. We'll build this up here to get that question answered. 1 Corinthians, 12th chapter. Uh, we're probably going to read in the fourth verse. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 12 and 4. Now, this is Paul speaking to the church in uh, Corinthian, Corinth. Now, there are diversities of gifts, 
but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God which worketh all in all. Do you hear that? So we got differences, but the same. You realize that every single one of us in here today are different. We're in a different place with God, in God, in our walk with God. But on the same token, we're the same. There's only one body. You are the body of Christ and members in particular. So this is so neat how God can do this. He'll divide it, but bring unity. He'll separate it. There's diversities of administrations and differences of operations, but there's only one spirit. Read that again. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So differences, but one. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Now, notice why this works. Look what the spirit does. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same Lord... I'm sorry, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Unity, oneness. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So when I ask you the question, what has the Word, and we're going to go to Isaiah 55, but what has the Word and the Spirit accomplished? You'll see why I'm using these words right here in a second. A minute. What has the Word and the Spirit accomplished with you there's a prophet and i don't mean like a man either true or false prophet i mean you profit from it there's an increase isn't there so when the spirit is working in your life the intent of god is to profit you or is it to profit us we just recently talked about jesus and, uh, you know, the rest that he gives us, he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and, and I will give you rest. How, how do you get into that rest? What was his invitation? Take my yoke upon you. Come learn of me. I am meek and lowly of spirit. He said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's he saying? Get in this. You know what a yoke is, right? You got oxen, you put there, you can have a 12 team of oxen, I think like, uh, was it Elijah or Elisha? Man, you get some work done with that, huh? I'll tell you what you do, you work yourself half to death. Thank God for tractors, huh? <laughs> Them oxen, whew, they're strong, but you got to be strong to, to hold a team like that. But what does Jesus say? Get in this yoke, listen to me, with me. If you're with Jesus in that yoke, he's going to lead the way, isn't he? When he goes fast, you're going to go fast with him. When he goes slow, you go slow with him. When he stops, you stop with him. That's though what he said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And we ain't even going to get all into what the rest of God is, because in the rest of God, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. You get into a yoke with Jesus, and you're going to experience some works of God that you have never imagined in your entire lifetime. And he's there waiting with the invitation. Come on. Oh, amazing stuff. Isaiah 55. Uh, verse, let's see here. Nine. Actually, ten. 
Isaiah 55 and 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's a parable, isn't it? A little allegory he said right there. But notice, let's make it simple. You don't have to interpret this whole thing. It's about his words. Okay? He said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in a thing whereunto I send it. Three things right there. The word that goes out of his mouth, it doesn't return void. It accomplishes what God pleases. And what else does it do? The same thing that the Spirit said, it'll profit you. It will prosper. So here's the question. Let's answer it. What has the Word and the Spirit accomplished with you? This last week, and this was my answer. You're going to have your own. We don't have time to go with a microphone around to everybody. I want to testify what the Word and the Spirit accomplished. The Word and the Spirit drew my daughter, both daughters, and a man of God closer than they've ever been to the Word of God, ever. And I worked very hard to build that trust and cause them to know this man, Lamont, that I believe not only hears from God, loves God with all his heart, and would be there if they ever need a phone call away. The Word and the Spirit accomplished an amazing unity in this church, joined us together in a greater vision the Word and the Spirit accomplished a uh, unity between me and, and this man of God, of our churches jo being joined together in our vision. You say, well, weren't you guys always the same? No, just like every one of us are in a different place and we handle things differently, they do things a little differently in Chicago and in Boise and Yuma. But it's still the same, same, self same spirit. But the unity and the joining together come that much greater. And I watched the word of the Spirit coldly touch people and change their lives. Draw them closer. Give them peace. Identify things that have hindered them for years. And I watched the word and the Spirit raise some of you up, if not all of you, you have to speak for yourself. And join you together in a greater thought of unity with Jesus Christ himself. And man, is it awesome, isn't it? I'm watching him raise our women up into ministry. And I'll even bring it all the way down to our physical women into ministry. Raising them up, bringing a newfounded confidence and a boldness. Jennifer Wells on the call here today. If you knew how many times I have ministered to her and talked to her about being more confident, she got a big smile on her face. I can see it in the spirit right now. She's on that call. She's on here. <laughs> being more confident. And you know what else happens with, with really educated people? She's an educated woman. She's got her master's degree. Some of you do too, I'm sure. Sometimes with a real educated mind, and some of you can relate to this, you can become very analytical. And you're analyzing everything. And you're looking to figure things out. And you've got to have an answer for everything. That doesn't work by faith. Do you realize that? 
There's another word that replaces your analytical mind. It's called faith. It's called trust. It's called believing and being led by the Spirit of God. They that are led of the Spirit, if you're with him in that yoke, Carrie, you're a son of God. Isn't that amazing? So God's got this thing all figured out. You realize that, right? He knows exactly what he's doing. All we have to do, Edith, is be with him and let him lead us and let us him guide us. You do realize this is what God, you can look at it two ways. Man in trouble in the beginning. Do you think Adam was curious about that tree? I ate of all the trees of the garden, but not that one? <laughs> and besides that, Nicole, what is this death thing? God told him, and the Lord God told the man, what did he tell him? Thou shall not eat. He said, you can eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can't eat thereof. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You imagine, he's never experienced death. No one has. Okay, what's the deal with the tree? You ever do that? What's the deal with the scriptures? What's the deal with what God's going on right now? I really need to know. I'm super curious. What's that old proverb? Curiosity killeth a cat. What is that all about? Well, keep looking into it. You're going to find out. But you may find out the hard way. See, plan A was eat of all the trees of the garden which was a tree of life, which is wisdom and understanding. Hey, let's get, put another plug out there. Which is she? Go read it in the book of Proverbs. She is a tree of life. Wisdom and understanding is a tree of life. Go eat of that. You'll have the wisdom. You'll have the understanding. You're not going to try to figure out God in your intellect and your knowledge. And God will teach you how to understand him, how to walk with him and interpret him correctly. Now here's the good news. Revelation 2 and 7. To he that overcometh will I give the right to eat of the tree of life. Is that a do-over or what? Amen. There's a whole lot more to say. I'm going to stop right here for right now. And we'll pick up the thought next week. Does that sound all right? Any questions before I go? I just have to say I'm, uh, I appreciate all of you very much. I'm so excited about what God's doing. I don't know if you can see it i uh <laughs> i was over here this morning i'll probably stop it here you don't have to but and i uh, went back into a vision that i recently had this is the third time i had it and mm, robin my uh, eyes just began to leak because <laughs> in this experience i had the love was unparalleled with anything i had ever experienced before and i mean tears and i'm like i already got allergies Lord, my, I'm going to get up here and not be able to talk. <laughs> my allergy's already making me stuffy. I start crying, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. That's just a thought behind the scenes there. But i got to tell you something about that. In this experience that I said the love was unparalleled with anything I've ever experienced, there was also a hatred in this experience that equaled the love. And, and the, obviously, the hatred was not from God. I know God can hate but the love came from god and there was an opposing factor that hated everything god was doing you think you think that devil likes what's going on here and the unity we have and the and the peace you guys are experiencing and the, the raising you up into the kingdom of god 
Huh? You think he likes know, you knowing that you're with Christ, that you're joint heirs? Oh, no, he don't like it at all. <laughs> but thank God, through Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors. Amen? Amen.